0: Everyone and welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, the podcast that brings you stories from the trenches of the incredible yet stressful world of nursing. I'm your host Beth Quass. Today we'll be speaking with Kim Klein, a registered nurse, a certified sleep and stress management coach, alternative medicine provider, and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Please welcome Kim to the show. Kim, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here.
0: Well, I can't wait for you to tell your story. Um, Why don't you start with how you got into nursing, your nursing journey, where you're at
1: now? Sure. Um, So I have been a nurse for almost 10 years. I actually started as a CNA and a Med-Aid 18 years ago, and I kind of built off of that. Uh, What I did not realize actually was um, I loved my job as a nurse aide and a med aide, and I didn't realize what the responsibility would be like after I became a nurse. And so that was very eye-opening to me to make the transition from being a med aide and a CNA to being a nurse. I have learned a ton over the last 18 years of being in healthcare. And so for the last 10 years, I have worked in surgery. Uh, I went from working um, in surgery during my preceptorship the last five weeks of my school directly into surgery. I never have worked on the floor. So that has been kind of an interesting thing to reflect on kind of where I am now. I'm actually not working right now. I took some time off um, per diem work, I guess, here and there, but not anything full time. And that has just kind of evolved over time. I've done a lot of traveling. I did traveling the last couple of years. I went to Texas for a year, and then I actually became a director of surgery last year for a small critical access hospital where I grew up. And so it was kind of neat to go back to my roots and kind of see how my community where I grew up has evolved and actually take part in the healing, you know, the kind of the healthcare system there. So that um that is what i did the last couple years and then this year uh we moved to a new location and so it was a little bit more difficult transitioning back to um being a regular staff nurse after traveling for you know the last couple years it really uh the environment is not extremely different but just going from one place to another place to another place and then trying to settle down again uh, was has just been a very interesting transition for me.
0: It's not a large population of nurses that go straight from school to the OR. And I worked in anesthesia, and the OR is its own world. I don't even know how to describe it. If you don't work in it, you really don't understand it, I think, sometimes. So tell me how you think that impacted you becoming a nurse and where you are now.
1: I completely agree. People that don't work in surgery don't understand And I don't feel like people have, especially nursing students, I don't feel like they have the greatest perception of what we really do. I have precepted and mentored and coached so many new nurses um, along the lines. And every time, I mean, I don't know if there's been one nursing student that I haven't had through that goes, I don't want to be a surgery nurse. I don't want to sit in chart all day. And that perception is so Not the right thing to be thinking what a surgery nurse does, because our environment is so stressful, especially the first couple of years, that people don't understand the amount of stress that we work under and what we're expected to do when we're in the OR, you know, day in and day out. And then we're taking call on top of that. I'm going to go back up just a little bit here because you asked, you know, how did you transition from school directly into the OR? That was not my plan at all. And my plan actually was to go into geriatrics. I loved the long-term care unit where I started at as a CNA. And that's what I wanted to do. Well, when it came to the preceptorship time, I had another um, one of my cohorts that was like, I absolutely cannot do the OR. I have no interest in it. Well, I had got put on a on an overnight shift for my preceptorship, I said I can't do overnights, and so we flip flopped. And when I went into the OR during those that preceptorship, that's just where I landed. And it was funny because of my preceptorship, I didn't actually land at the same hospital. I landed at another one, the one that I precepted at. I actually went to uh, back to last year, uh, two years ago now, and I put in more time with them. And it was just, that was so cool to go back to where I started at. As a nursing student, and just kind of see how, like, they saw how I evolved, and they, you know, I saw how they kind of have evolved. I mean, they, you know, built into their system and built more ORs and, and whatever. So, but yeah, from the nursing student perspective, we really need to widen that because we do so many more things that you don't see, I don't feel like, um, than sit and chart. But going directly from school into, the, into surgery, was so difficult, and I think that that is probably pretty common in any area that you go to, but surgery in particular, because you know, yes, you look at labs, yes, you look at an, uh, you know a patient's H and P, but you do not understand what happens in the surgery whatsoever. You know, like oh, go get me a trocar. I'm sitting there going, well, what, what is that? You and know, sometimes or- they
0: want it right now or <laughs> yesterday. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and um, I'm like, okay, well, what is that? They're like, go get me a number five, and I'm like, well, what's a number five? Like, I don't even know what a trocar is. Now you're asking me to go get a number five, and so that was really hard for me. And I didn't have the greatest leadership through my um, orientation period. I felt like I was treated really bad, and I didn't have a lot of guidance. I I felt like I was kind of thrown out to the wolves, and it was like, you're gonna swing, sink or swim. Let's see how you do, and. I'm going like, I don't even know you know what a hemostat is or a trocar or whatever. And I quit my first year. The people were mean to me. The surgeons and doctors did not have an open mind about having a new, especially a brand new nurse, brand new surgery nurse in their room that has even no floor experience. And I wasn't, I I went home crying every day.
0: It sounds and like I, you were... You were set up for failure.
1: Correct. And um, so I quit and I went to go work for a long-term care facility because that's what in, the, in my heart, that's why I became a nurse. And so I went into that. We made the overnight shift work thing work out for um, about three months. Honestly, it wasn't very long. And I discovered in that area that I was taking care of 19 patients by myself at night um, with no support. Um I had a house supervisor that I could call but she couldn't get to me in a timely manner, you know, in the event of an emergency and that happened to me one night and I had to call 911. I was like I don't know what to do and it was the right decision, you know, it was kind of one of those the nursing intuition just trust what your your gut tells you to do and I did the right thing. But on the other hand, I didn't have that upper management support either when I am, you know, I'm a new nurse and something is wrong where are you? So what I did as I kind of took that whole perspective into, into mind, you know, the doctors that you were calling at two o'clock in the morning, because, you know, your, your patients, um, oxygen level is, you know, sixties and you're like, well, I put oxygen on them. I don't know what else to do. And they were just as mean to me. The doctor on the phone was just as mean to me as a new surgeon or a surgeon that I was working with. And so I kind of put you know, both into perspective. And I, and I said to myself, would I rather stay and take care of 19 patients by myself with a doctor who treats me really rough and a staff that I have no support from, or I can go back to surgery and try to make this work and take care of one patient at a time and try to get my bearings and what healthcare is all about. And I remember when I left surgery my manager was so disappointed. And she said, if you ever need anything, please come back, please let me know. And so actually I went to her and I, you know, I went to back to her and I said, can you fill out a recommendation so I can go on and get my nurse practitioner? And when we were sitting there together that day, she goes, how are, how are things going? And I just start crying. I said, not well, I said, I didn't ever think that my nursing career, me being a nurse was ever not the right decision. And I said, now that I'm doing it, I don't think I'm doing the right thing.
0: I think there are so many nurses, young nurses that feel that. I, I read it on on the groups and out and so many people question if they went into the right thing.
1: Yes. And I think I did that for, I don't know how many people get surveys after um, every couple years when we renew in our state, they, they go through the same questionnaire every couple years, you know, like how satisfied are you do you feel like you should have gone a different i don't know but every question they asked i'm like yeah i'm in the wrong field for the first at least five years of my career and if you look at me now i'm i'm 10 years into my career and those first five years you know the first first year was awful and the second year was rough too and then i started getting my bearings i started um asking asking people i'm like what like, why, why, why do we have to treat each other like this? I asked a surgeon that one day I had enough. I, I said, I don't understand why you don't like me. And he stopped me in my tracks and he goes, you're a really good nurse. And I said, well, you don't treat me like that. So how would I ever know? And he said, until I learn to trust someone, I don't give them the time of the day. And I said, that's not fair.
0: No, it's not.
1: And so I took that wholeheartedly. I'm like, that made me feel good on the sense of, I'm a, you know, you feel like I'm a good nurse, but I still don't understand the aspect of going through that kind of treatment. And I don't, I don't practice that way. Uh, and I'll give you an example, an example after I got through my first year of, sur- um, of nursing and went back to surgery, I became the mentor for every new person that came through the door. And that was just kind of by a faulty accident because they didn't have the good people, you know, they didn't have people in place that made people feel like they were welcome. And they didn't have people in place that had good communication skills. And so I just thought I was doing horrible, like horrible at my job all the time, because I did not get any good feedback. It was all bad. And so I just want nurses to know that you do a good job, whether you're told that or not. And it's hard not to hear that, especially as a new nurse.
0: That is so powerful. That is so good for people to hear. It's, it's true, we're all doing our best, but that's what we need to change. And you hit the nail on the head. That is exactly what needs to change so people can feel comfortable to grow and try. And we need to support each other.
1: Yes, and I agree with that. Like the support just is not there. And I haven't seen it get any better in the last 10 years, unfortunately, that I have been a nurse. You know, this um, kind of transitioning, like I said, um, in a new area to a permanent position. I was treated like a brand new nurse when I walked in the door, a brand new nurse coming into surgery. I don't know you. You don't know what this doctor likes and I don't care. Okay, I got it. And now 10 years later, I can be, you know, brush it off my shoulders and be like, okay, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like I don't, if that's how you feel about things, then I'm just going to do my job the way that I know how to do and I'll make it work the best that I can.
0: So you've seen eating our young over and over and it's not like you pointed out, it's not just nurses that do it. It's a lot of people in our profession that do it to each other and I'm not sure We have a big, we have a big movement ahead of us to change this. Right. What do you want to tell those, or what do you tell the people that you're mentoring and the students that you're precepting when they look like they're just ready to throw in the towel?
1: One of the things that I do with every person that mentors, that I mentor, I make sure, because I've um, traveled the last couple of years, I have given every person that I've mentored my phone number. And I cannot tell you to this day how many of my the people that I've trained, they still reach out to me. I hear from them all the time. And, and it's simple questions that, you know, like, I, I don't remember the wound class on this surgery. Like, can you help me out? You know, just simple things like that. And that makes me so, like, it feels, makes me feel good that I did a good job of training them and they feel comfortable with reaching me back out to me. But it also makes me upset on the other hand that they don't feel comfortable reaching to someone within their department that they can ask a simple question as, I don't know what the wound class is. And that makes me wonder, you know, like, I don't look at anybody as they're stupid if they reach out to me and ask me that. That makes me applaud them for saying, you know what, thank you for reaching out. You know what, let me answer your question for you. And so I've really taken that to heart and I have done that the last couple of years. And I, like I said, I still hear from those people And I want to be a support for them whenever I can.
0: You've probably kept many nurses in the nursing profession just by showing them that support. And it's a terrible feeling to feel stupid and not know who to ask. But to have somebody that you know that you can call is is a great feeling.
1: Yes. And I agree with that because there's not very many people that extend that hand. And... I also hear from these nurses when they're having really bad days. That's another thing that I've really noticed. I have one in particular that reaches out all the time and she goes, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And, you know, we just sit down and talk, you know, like what's going on. Tell me about, you know, give me in detail. Like, what are you going through? And we figure it out and I, I had one nurse that ended up leaving. She went to another field and she is so happy with, you know, surgery might not just not have been her thing. And that's okay but she found something that she loves to do. And I just, I'm glad that I could be there for that step of the journey. Like, okay, you know what? Let's really take a look at what is happening and talk about your struggles with surgery and see if maybe a different path is better for you. And and it was for her. Like I said, I don't know if I am in contact with any more of them that have left. So there was one uh, location in particular that I was trying to get a nurse to come on board for surgery, and it didn't happen in the time that I was there, but it happened shortly after I left, and um, she's still in, in their surgery department today, and so that that's awesome because I sat down with her, bef- I mean, probably the last week that I was there, and I talked to her, and I said, are you interested, and she goes, yeah, I'm just not sure, and I talked to her for a while, and um, she's doing great, so I feel like ner- new nurses just need to find that right support system that uh, even if it's just one person. That is supportive, and that can they can turn to to just talk to about their day or what's going on, and let's figure this out together.
0: The other thing I hear a lot of new nurses they want input on. They feel guilty about leaving the floor they're on, the unit they're on, the place they are in nursing, and and they ask all the time, "Should I stay longer? Should I keep trying?" What advice do you have for those people?
1: I would tell them to do a lot of soul searching. And I I say that wholeheartedly because you will know if you are in the right place and you will know if you need to make a change. It is really hard during your first and second year, I feel like, to know what the right decision is to do. And so that's why I kind of go back to find a good support person that you can talk to, and kind of work through there. Like why did, and I think one of the big things is what is, what what is your why? Like, why did you go into nursing? That is something you should always reflect on. If it was to become a nurse practitioner in an orthopedic office, and you're not even working on an orthopedic floor, maybe kind of look at something like that, you know, like, oh, I'm not even an orthopedic. I'm on med surge. And, and I don't say anything about bad about either one of those, because I think they're good starting points. Both of them are good starting points for nurses, but um you know if their goal is to work orthopedic or surgery or whatever um what steps are you taking to get to that to that next step and to your end goal of where you want to be like where you pictured your nursing career because i think sometimes we forget that picture of why why did we go into nursing and what our end goal is and maybe it's just to be a you know floor nurse you know or on the orthopedic floor that's just what you want to do and that's great um but if you went into nursing for some other reason that you aren't doing, um, I think that's a time that you step back and you say, what steps can I take to get to that point?
0: I love that. I think that can help a lot of people, help guide them to where they really want to be and need to be and get rid of the guilt. It, you can't, we can't stay doing things when we're miserable and hate going to work every day. If we're not taking care of ourselves, we certainly can't take care of others.
1: Yes. So what are you doing now? Yeah, so um, I'm kind of on a new journey in this um, kind of working per diem. And actually, I haven't stepped foot in an OR since July, so it's been a few months. But I am working on a certification for functional medicine. I don't know if um, a lot of people are not very uh, familiar with functional medicine, um, because all we know is conventional medicine working in the healthcare field. And I kind of stumbled across functional medicine about a year ago. And I really have kind of just in the last four months, I've really, you know, dug into this conventional medicine is very symptom based. You go to the doctor, you know, like I'm having some anxiety and so let's treat that. And so they give you a prescription and you're on your way. Well, then a couple of months later, you go back and you're like, you know what, you know, now I can't sleep. <laughs> you gave me the anxiety medicine, but I'm still having trouble sleeping. And so what do they do? They give you an Ambien or they give you a sleeping medicine. and They're not finding the root cause to what is going on. So I have decided to go into functional medicine and become a practitioner in that area. And what we do is we look for the underlying causes of why are you having anxiety or why aren't you able to sleep? And it's not just because you aren't going to bed at the decent time, because a lot of us after working in healthcare for so many years, you know, we're just not getting good sleep. You know, we're kind of burnt out. So one of the biggest reasons why I went into this is like I physically emotionally every kind of way burned myself out. Like my adrenals were almost not working, my body was hardly making cortisol, all my hormone levels were dropped. And so I burned myself completely out. And so I went to six doctors. Six of them, conventional medicine doctors and nobody could find out what was wrong. And one one day last year I had a feeling something was going on, but I couldn't quite figure it out. And we have a big um, thyroid issue in my family. And so I went to a lab that as a consumer, you just pay directly. And I had all my thyroid labs drawn because I'm like, I think there's something wrong. And I, I had been to endocrinologist. I had been to primary care and they were just drawing these standard labs. And so I walked in and I said, I want a full panel. And sure enough, when that came back, my thyroid was like completely out of whack. And so I started digging deeper. I'm like, there has to be more to this. And sure enough, there was, you know, like I said, my adrenals were barely working anymore. And then I found out like I have, you know, stomach issues, you know, like, well, does your stomach ever? Yeah. Well, my stomach hurts. Like I've just been, I've been taking antacids for the last eight years of my life being a nurse. Like I can't, I can't eat. I can't sleep. And so once you start understanding like the cortisol levels in your body and like I wasn't sleeping, like my melatonin levels were so low that it's no kidding like why I couldn't sleep, but it also has to do with your gut. Like if your gut's not healthy, you're probably not going to be sleeping. So anyways, so that's kind of my story. I am still recovering from that actually, but in a much better spot than I was. And so I encourage people, nurses in particular, or healthcare providers in general, if you're starting to feel burnt out, take a step back and take care of yourself. Because I did not, my relationship with my husband deteriorated. I mean, I told him I wanted to divorce at least three times in the last year. I got to the point where I hit a wall and I said, I can't do this anymore. I was going to lose everything. You know, like my family would have, like they would have moved on because I just couldn't get it together. And so I did, I took that time for myself I really feel like this is a great just like a, a great place for me to be, and I really hope that I can help a lot of people.
0: I think just hearing your story, you are going to help a lot of people. I think we get so ingrained in helping and working and working extra shifts because they need us, and they're short-staffed, and please, we'll pay you all this money. Come and work more. It has to lead to burnout at some point, and the not sleeping thing is so real, and. We don't eat healthy because if we get a chance to eat, it might be just grabbing whatever donuts laying on the table in the break room. So I can't wait for people to find you and have you help them. So how can they find you?
1: Yes. So I actually don't have a website quite yet, but I do have an email set up uh, so they can email me support at com but I should be certified here soon. Um, I just am finishing. I have one question on my written final that I'm finishing, and then I have to sit for practicals. So I'm hoping uh, by the end of November, which is one more month, but it gives me plenty of time to study and actually make sure that I know what I'm talking about, because that would be the last thing that I want to do is to lead someone in the wrong direction. Um, Especially, you know, when I look at how conventional medicine treats versus how functional medicine treats like I want to make sure that I'm delivering functional medicine correctly. So I'm getting there. So it will take a little bit, but I'm sure that it's the right direction for me. And I think that's what people, new nurses need to see, like find the direction for you. Because when you know in your heart what that is, you you will know.
0: Functional medicine is getting to be the next big ticket. It's going, it's taking It's taking our bodies into consideration when we're talking about how we're functioning. Functional medicine, we have to take care of ourselves.
1: In functional medicine, we use a whole different set of labs than you will see in conventional medicine. And I don't know how many people know that exactly. You know, you can't go get a saliva cortisol test done at your doctor's office. They might do a blood work cortisol, but what they miss with that test is they only collect it one time a day. And so a saliva test is collected over four periods out of a day. And so you're getting an accurate reading out of your whole day. So you can see where your cycle is. That's amazing. Yeah. So if you see the difference right there between how functional or conventional medicine may treat you based on one collection versus four, you know, that really tells you how deep we dive into making sure like we're finding the, the, the correct problem. I tell people to have an open mind about that because you have to have your mindset in the right place for all of this too. And I think that's a big thing. So
0: it's amazing. I can't wait to watch your business grow as you help more and more people. And I hope nurses can reach out to you and find you so that you can either stop the burnout or heal from it if you're already there.
1: And like I said, I have been there and I'm in recovery at this time, but it, it works. It just takes time and it takes commitment, because if you don't have those two key pieces, you know, then your outcomes aren't as successful if you don't.
0: What is one last tip or piece of advice you could give nurses out there working right now, especially in all the pandemic these days? People are are getting tired.
1: Yes, they are getting very tired. I totally agree with that. Um, I would just say to stick in there as you can, but stick up for yourself because that will make you stronger and don't let people walk all over you. If there's anything that I wish I would have done in the last 10 years, because I will tell you for the first, at least two years, I let people walk all over me because I never thought I was doing a good job and I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) I mean, that's really the bottom line. Find a good support system. Find your why. Why are you doing? Why you, what you're doing? And if you aren't where you're at, find a path to get there.
0: That um, that is so powerful for people to hear. I can't wait to get yes. your story out there for people to so, hear it.
1: Thank you. Yes, and I appreciate you having me on. So,
0: oh, this is going to be fantastic. I think for people, we need to help each other. We need to support each other. We need to stop eating our young and our young aren't just our nurses nursing students and our young nurses it's all of us we need to all support each other so I appreciate your time I hope everybody can find Kim Klein when they're looking and look early before you get burnt out I appreciate your time Pam
1: yeah thank you so much Beth
0: you're very welcome you to Kim Klein today. What a great discussion. She is so authentic and really understands what it's like to be a struggling nurse. Some of the takeaways from our discussion here today, she asks, what is your why? What steps can you take to get to the point where you want to be? What path can you take to get there? Encouraged if starting to feel burnt out, take a step back and take care of yourself stick in there as you can but also stick up for yourself and don't let people walk all over you thank you for your time today i appreciate you spending time with us and listening to our discussion today and when you have time you can head on over to do which will take you to our membership page where you can subscribe to the show and become a member of our growing pool of listeners thanks again for being here and remember don't eat your young